white Bitcoin accumulation country. It's your host, Coin Icarus. This is the Fun with Bitcoin podcast, sponsored by Crypto Cloaks 3D Printing. Check them out for all your 3D printing needs. And as well, sponsored by Coin Beast Media. Check them out at coinbeast.com if you're looking for some resources for, you know, to maybe learn about mining, maybe learn about Bitcoin taxes. Look no further coinbeast.com check them out all right guys yeah i know i've been a little light on the uh, on the podcast lately um but you know what it's summer and i'm chilling um all right so i sat down with a bitcoiner that i met in the taco carnivore bitcoin pleb chat um he started posting his substack there uh it was essentially a weekly it's a weekly substack about what you know what the fuck happened in bitcoin and you know what? Started looking through it. Absolutely love the work. And I love the, you know, the simple way that he puts together the information, makes it easily consumable. So I had to bug him, get him on the show. I am talking about BAM. Anyways, without further ado, here is my awesome conversation with BAM. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Fun with Bitcoin podcast. I am your host, Coin Icarus, and joining me today is fellow Bitcoiner and pleb, Bam. And for the people who don't know Bam, okay, I, I met him in the Taco Carnivore Bitcoin pleb group, and he he posted a link, okay, to his substack, which is called wtfbitcoin.substack.com. And what he does is he covers the weekly happenings in Bitcoin. And I started reading this and I saw that this dude has a gift for putting together information in a fun, easy way to consume. So I had to bug him, get him on the podcast. And lucky for me, Bam joined. So Bam, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast, man. I really appreciate this. No, thank you for the invite. Cool. Very, very cool. Okay, so I just want you to know, uh, you know, while I'm doing the podcast, uh, I take notes, okay? So I'm not typing to people yeah, yeah, on yeah. my phone. I'm just, I'm taking notes <laughs> because there's stuff that I want to, there's stuff that I want to ask you about that I'll go back to, right? Um, yeah. And of course, because I, because we don't plan any of this, that's why I take the notes now. Um, but look, before we get into the Substack, okay, before we get into all that good stuff, I, first time you're on the podcast so it's customary i need to know about the rabbit hole story you know where were you before bitcoin you know how and why did you find bitcoin and how did you get here it's a lot of yeah. questions <laughs> yeah it's a lot of questions i'll start with my story um so i mean i'm not so good at this i guess but i'll try my best um so i i started in bitcoin almost at the end of the previous bull market, <laughs> assuming that we are still in one, right? So in 2017, I think it was August. And I mean, I have heard of it before. I remember like the first thing I heard about Bitcoin was, I was I was living in the States for only for one year. And I saw in the news that, that this, this guy put like a picture with a QR code, and then he got like 20 something Bitcoins uh, in donations. And I was like, what is this? You know, like this is something called Bitcoin and it's like internet money. I don't know why I just like dismissed it. And it was like my, my starting of the, I think it was 2014 or 15. And it was my starting on trying to invest in the stock market. 
and I got burned by by trying to invest in oil uh, when it like went from a hundred to I don't know over a hundred to under a hundred fifty bucks I don't know, remember the barrel and I invested in some random company and got burned lesson learned I went to do my masters and the next time I heard of it was when I called a colleague I guess I mean a co-student a friend. He told me that he met someone who was uh, living off of trading Bitcoin. And it kind of sparked my interest, but I didn't do much. I asked my my family, my brother, who I, I mean, I look up to for investment advice and he has never really like tried it. And then, okay, I dismiss it for some more months until I stumbled with a friend from my climbing community and he was invested since 2016. And he was doing super well, right? <laughs> and he had like a bunch of random altcoins or shitcoins, however we call them in this podcast. Uh, shitcoins. <laughs> shitcoins. Okay. So, so yeah, I mean, they were su- super weird ones because he was saying like, yeah, this is the key. This is the key to make the money. And I think, I mean, now my mentality has shifted so much since then, but back then was more about win fast. You know, mm. no one taught you anything about like DCA or, I mean, it was kind of hard to get information. To be honest, I, I entered with like, I don't know, like a thousand bucks, which was, was a lot for me back then. And, and I mean, it fastly grew with uh, all these altcoins. I put in more and then it's like the end of the bull market and I got burned. So it was, I think 2018 was a bit hard. It was a lot of movement. I was moving countries uh, from Mexico to Europe. I was in, so now I, I ended up in, in, in the Nordic countries. Mm-hmm. And in this time I was, I was just like reevaluating. I don't know. I think many of us who have gotten born by this, go through this phase of just like going on a loop, just thinking or, or just like uh, meditating what what did I do wrong? Or what was wrong about this? I mean, is it mean that it doesn't have value or was it I just entering a bad time? Or I just had a bad strategy, I should have sold when people were saying like, oh, it's a uh, sell now, sell now. But this like <laughs> common uh, sell now phrase, like it doesn't really matter in which time, if it's bear market, bull market, if you went up 10%, 5%, People who don't invest in this, they will always tell you to sell. If you if you get like five percent return, ten percent return, it's like oh, sell now, sell now. So then you realize like that advice comes out of nowhere, out of no knowledge, just just like some empirical feeling like oh, you already made like a bit of return, you sell, you sell. And so this, all of this, I don't know. I ended up. Uh, because I didn't even follow Twitter. I was more in, 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 in Reddit a bit, trying to get some signal, um, which I think is relevant to why I do, I do this uh, Substack now. But back then, I, I couldn't find any good source. YouTube was super sketchy. Like You always see, like, uh, yeah, uh, invest in this, and you'll be a millionaire, be a millionaire. And then it's always a red flag, you know? <laughs> like, okay, I don't know about this. And until I read... The Bitcoin standard. 
Mm. I think that was like the first thing. And I remember, uh, so my background is engineering and then I went into more analytics. Mm -hmm. But in my team, there's some people who are economists. So I remember having doubts and taking notes of the book and just coming back and asking them, uh, what does this mean? I didn't know anything about economy. And little by little, I mean, I finished the book, I kind of digested it and I understood that I took the wrong approach basically by trying to, to go into, into other coins, just trying to recuperate what you had lost. Right. And it doesn't make sense. Um, when I mean, in the Bitcoin standard, the main thing you learn about is because I don't know if you remember when you started, Yep. but like the narrative was for me, Bitcoin is a dinosaur. It, and I was like, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah. That's and exactly what like, it was. Yeah. And this is like the new one. This is like the new one, but I didn't get anything about decentralization. I didn't know what money was. I, I just thought like, there's something here that, that is the future, which is like payment through the, through the internet without intermediaries intermediaries on quotes, right? Because if you are on a, on a altcoin, then there are intermediaries. <laughs> you cannot really trust it. Right. But I didn't know anything. And for me, it was more about this is the future. So let's try to get the winner. Right. You want to figure yeah. out who's going to come out on top. Exactly. And you start getting fooled by all the narratives, right? The the tech narratives and, you know, who's backing this coin, who's backing this project. Because in the fiat world, yeah. right, when it comes to companies, it's all, it, it really is all about who's backing them. I mean, yes, it does matter what product they have to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, you know, if you have the, if you have the support of the big investment houses, um, you can amplify your noise. I mean, they're going to pretend it's signal, but it's amplifying noise. Sorry. <laughs> yeah no so so that that's it like i started reading the bitcoin standard and i got hooked i went and read bitcoin billionaires which was also launched around there i think it was 2019 it was like already a year after i i got born uh and i decided okay i'll start stacking i found out about this guy Char charlie shrem he had a podcast he interviewed the, the guy of the book and from there, I went into the rabbit hole. It was like going to work every day, uh, 45 minutes um, each way, mm -hmm. just listening to, to podcast, uh, the rabbit hole recap, and then Stefan Rivera, and like all of them, everything I could digest. And it was just thinking now, okay, it's time now. Just, just stack every month. My mentality back then, when I was not sure about uh, the, the end point of Bitcoin, right? Because at that time I was alone. Like right now with Twitter, I see the community, that, the, the communities are built, right? I mean, I met you through there, uh, but I was alone there. I didn't, I didn't use either Reddit or Twitter back then. I was just listening to podcasts and just stacking. Bitcoin was dead in, in the media, right? Because he hadn't gone to 3000, went back up to like, I don't, I don't know. 10, 12, and then came back down again. Mm -hmm. And I remember sharing with, with some uh, people I know here, like, hey, I mean, we should uh, get into this thing, Bitcoin, and just buy every month. And they're like, no, you want to lose money, you buy Bitcoin. That was like the famous thing that I was uh, 
responded with and I was like okay fuck it man I'm gonna just buy by myself and then just stack and in silence and my mentality was like it's so simple this thing is accessible for everyone in the world anyone can access to it and if it is a bubble it doesn't die before a trillion dollars it's like the dot-com bubble who was only accessible by wall street or the us or like some like small percentage of people it it blew up after like a couple of trillions so that was my mentality back then it's like okay fuck it i'm gonna make money out of this uh and because this cannot die before a trillion dollars and then it all changed right now it's like i'm never gonna sell it anything of this <laughs> this is forever this is yeah so that that's interesting right um that, that, that's interesting because there, there's um so a lot of times people try to apply the traditional investing world um, ideologies to Bitcoin, okay? And one of those things is never let a trade become an investment, okay? Right? Mm -hmm. And and also never fall in love with your stocks. Now, I just, you know, for the listeners, in no way, shape or form am I comparing Bitcoin to a stock, okay? It's completely different. This is a huge logical fallacy that a lot of people make. Um, but that that's, you know, exactly what, you know, what happens with Bitcoin, though, what you start to understand is, wait a second, this isn't like a traditional asset. And when you start to realize the the, the bet that you are making when you buy Bitcoin, you realize it's not even that I don't want to sell it. It's that I don't have to sell it. You know, like a lot of times you have to sell the entire, you have to sell the asset uh, to, you know, to gain the appreciation. But in a Bitcoin world going forward, yes, of course, you're going to exchange Bitcoin for goods and services. But that's the point, you know, yes. it, it may be Bitcoin on a different layer like lightning, you know, or something like that. But at the end of the day, it that is anyways, to me, that is going to be the, uh, the base value. So I think that this is one of those situations where Bitcoin doesn't. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't, um, it it doesn't follow the traditional asset uh, type of yeah. logic, you know. And it's it's because it's money. Yeah. Like like I I like what you said because it's something that you uh, I, I guess everyone hears, and when they ask you, so yeah, but I mean, if Bitcoin is money and is uh, and is limited, then. The incentive is to just hold it and then you will never buy anything and it's like yeah i mean that's kind of a really close-minded way to see things right because i mean if i want something that brings value to my life and i feel i made enough profit that i can afford it and that value of uh, of this doesn't undermine my my lifestyle i want to buy a coffee like you can pay with bitcoin i want to buy a house and if i think i mean I, w I will live there forever or, or whatever, right? I mean, now the narrative is like, yeah, don't buy a house, just rent it because then you can, because Bitcoin will appreciate more. Yeah, I understand it. But at some point in life, if you want to get something that you see value, you can just buy it and you can use Bitcoin because uh, for that. It doesn't matter that it, the, I mean, it can still be used in the economy. Yeah. In a secular economy by being scarce and in fact is better i don't know why people just just think uh i think there's a misconception of uh of what money is and and i mean i don't know why people are super uh let's say 
content or comfortable with the current uh, monetary expansion. I think that, and I, I totally agree with you, and to add to what you're saying, I, I believe that we've all been brainwashed to be consumers for the sake of consuming. So the yeah. I, the idea, right, like it scares, you know, you can scare people that have been brainwashed in the wrong way and tell them, look, no one's ever going to buy anything if Bitcoin keeps appreciating. Well, guess what? If everybody accepts Bitcoin because they want Bitcoin or a large uh, or a large majority of the world accepts Bitcoin because they want Bitcoin, well, that's going to change the dynamic agreed. But I think what it's going to do is, number one, it's going to force people like you're saying, you're only going to want to get things that you believe truly bring value into your life. OK, and your yeah. loved ones. OK, number one. Number two, the person or the group that is selling you the product. Right. They are going to they are now aware that it's more difficult to get that money from you. Like right now, it's easy to get money from people. You can sell absolute crap and get money from people. That's not that difficult. You can you can actually make absolutely nothing and get money from people. So what, what, where is the where is the value in that? So I, I think that this is also going to incentivize people who manufacture products. So anyways, I'm just, you know, I'm just supporting your point that, yeah, I think the reason why people think that it makes no sense is because we, we've been brainwashed to be consumers. And we've also had this, uh, you know, we've learned that the government issues all the currency and you just don't question it. You know, like we, we don't question. Yeah. So we don't understand how money works. We don't understand what money is, Right. And we, and most people don't understand how it currently impacts our lives. You know, they only see yeah. it in one direction. I buy stuff, it's I not, sell stuff, you know? And it's not even taught in school. This is what, what uh, I don't understand. I mean, it's pretty disappointing, I guess. Right? Anywhere in the world, yeah. Is, yeah. But, but if they taught it to you in school, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't have to, I think of it like this, right? If they taught it to you in school, there'd be a bigger majority of people that truly want to live their lives on their own account. You know, whereas if you if you brainwash people and you don't teach them about money, then they're more likely to fall into all the traps with money. Right. The credit yeah. cards, the debt. All that. Right. And try to get rich quite uh, fast. Right. Right. The lottery and all of these things. And, and, and selling you, I mean, think about it, right? When you watch the mainstream media, when you watch television, right? Like, what do you see? And I mean, first of all, just the name, right? The word television, right? To show you a vision. And, and what is it? What are they showing you? They're showing you that men are, you need to be rich. You can't be fat. You can't be bald. Okay. You got to have really nice clothes. You definitely need a fast car. Okay. You, you got to be super athletic you also have to be like very emotionally intelligent you have to be perfect and women women are also the same thing and in order to do all those things you have to spend a lot of money okay you have to spend a lot of money and you have to make a lot of money and it's the same thing for women right they show women you know being professionals in the workplace and and at the same time like she should also be a homemaker and at the same time she should also be a model and at the same time, like she also, right? Like she needs to have beautiful hair. She needs to have perfect lashes. She needs to have perfect nails. She needs to have perfect everything. And all of that costs money, you know? Yeah. It, it, it's a whole bullshit narrative that, that feeds consumerism for the sake of consumerism. Three quarters of the stuff that we have, we have no idea why we have it. I agree with you. <laughs> you know? 
scary yeah. shit. Uh, completely true. <laughs> completely true. Yeah, so basically, to, just to close the subject on how I got into this. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> we yeah, went off. That was, that was like the, the main process. And, and then, I mean, after hearing a lot of, uh, a lot of podcasts, then you realize that, oh, okay, there's, there's a world out there in Twitter. That's where they hang out. <laughs> and then, I mean, you start like uh, getting in Twitter, but then it's like, uh, I don't know who I heard is saying this. Maybe it was like American Hortle or something that uh, it's kind of like a standard that people look for, for or, and just consume content for like a couple of years before they start to try to make their own opinions about it. And I think I... I agree. I agree. Not that it's necessary to do that, but at least that was my case. I mean, I didn't feel any confidence at all to to even uh, spread the word, right? But at the end of the day, that's what we need to do. We need to spread the word because this is something that, like, for me, Bitcoin, it's, it's uh, I mean, something super beautiful, right? Like, it's the only system that my greed benefits everyone else in the system. And I don't think there's anything else like that. Everywhere else is just like you get greedy and then you kind of step over the other people to achieve your, your, your goals. But here it's not like that. So basically it's like the ultimate kind of, uh, this is how I trigger some, some friends, right? I, I tell them like, this is the best way to, to give charity. You stack some sats. And that way, I mean, you're benefiting everyone else in the system. That's beautiful, man. I, com- <laughs> I convinced myself like that. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 cool, have to, right? I, I have to write that down. That, that's going to be one of the quotes uh, in, in, the, in the tweet that goes out about this podcast. Because that, that's amazing. <laughs> like, my greed benefits everyone else in the system. It's absolutely true. In, in Bitcoin, that's what it does. You know? Yeah. It, it, it is. It's, you know, people... People really don't understand. But I want to go back to something that you said just before about not feeling comfortable um, uh, about, uh, you know, like uh, essentially, for lack of a better term, about shilling Bitcoin, right? They're not necessarily yeah. shilling Bitcoin, but what is it that caused you to to feel that way? Because we started to discuss this before the, the, the talk. And I can tell you, I think you and I are aligned, but I, I want to know what is it that yeah. made you feel that way? Yeah, so... so... I think I mentioned already uh, in the beginning, I, I got into some shit coins and I got burned. And we were talking and I think we both agree that this is the path of many of us Bitcoiners, right? And I think this is like a, I think like a fork, right? Like either after you get burned, you go in, in the right direction or you just try to forget everything and go away, right? But when you go into the right direction, meaning, uh, you, you find the signal and then you go and stack sats and just continue to accumulate Bitcoin. Then when you do that, you, you basically find yourself like a lot of conviction. And, but in this process, you're always scared. You, you, you get like some PTSD or I don't know how you say it in English, right? Like post-traumatic stress disorder, I guess, where you always think, ah, what if it happens again? And I mean, I already lived it and I can deal with it. But if you tell some friends and 
if they go through this, you don't know if they will be able to handle it and you don't want them to blame you. Mm-hmm. So this is like, it was really hard for me. And because the first question they ask you, how much do you have? And then it's like, how much should I buy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is entirely your decision. Like my best advice is just like dollar cost average because I think that helps the system to keep a stable like uh, price. And also, is, I mean, at the end of the day, like the best strategy is, is, uh, is to be lucky and buy the bottom, right? But that's super hard. I mean, who knows how to do that? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, but DCA has, has proven to have like really good results over the long run. So yeah, maybe if you bought the bottom, the bottom, then you get like 10 X of your, of our, uh, of your investment in one year or like two years. But if you DCA, you get like five X or four X in short term, two, two years, two years, meaning short term. Right. And no one can complain about that. I mean, that's still, that's still super good. You can always buy cheaper. Yeah. But you don't know what's the price tomorrow. So just average your, your entry price. I, I think you make a, a very good point. Um, a couple of things to touch on about that. Um, I definitely, just like you, uh, especially at the beginning when I was first doing my research in Bitcoin, I, 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 had a, I had a difficult time, right, when people would ask me about it. Like, because like you, you know, it's like, you know that you can handle it. I know that I can handle it. But yeah. you don't know that that other person can. And unfortunately, most people do not build conviction for many things in their lives. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's why they, to a certain extent, people end up kind of, you know, shrinking away in failure, right? Like what happens when you hit that wall? A lot of times people hit a wall and they, they don't climb over it. They hit the wall and they back off. And this is, the, yeah. you know, and, and, and that's essentially, and that's kind of what, you know, when you're dealing with a good friend or family, you know, you, you obviously don't want them to hit the wall, but unfortunately that wall sometimes is required for conviction because yeah and i think and i think if we, if we go back to that i think one of the main things is because when you're new you talk a lot and you tell everyone and then you see yourself getting burned some of your friends also got burned and then it's hard to do it again you know it's like yeah i mean i already see how these guys behave uh, i managed to to find um, a pleasure in, in this topic of economics and, and just like get educated on it, get like listen podcast, listen to everything. At the end of the day, what we need is just to find conviction, as you said, right? And that's exactly the point why I did this uh, newsletter because I wanted that conviction for me. It's uh, like you, you can always like see the blockchain, how many addresses are created. It's, it's, it seems that it's healthy, it's going up. Uh, but there's so much things happening in this space. And there's so many news that get, um, get kind of like hidden through all the noise. Like, oh, the price dumped 30%. Yeah, but didn't you see that like this company stuck in their balance sheet and this other as well? So, I mean, there's clearly something good going on is being adopted. Like the, the short term price fluctuation becomes the noise now. Okay. Let's, you know what, that that's a great segue. 
okay, into let's talk uh-huh. let's talk about your Substack, okay? So it's okay. w, wtfbitcoin.substack.com because you just made a very important point. You said that you want the Substack helped you essentially you started writing to gain conviction. And this is interesting because this is one of the main reasons I started podcasting because we were in the bear market. Bitcoin had dumped to 3, you know, 3500. It was dead, okay? Yeah. And and I kept seeing all of this development going on and I kept seeing like all of these things happening and I'm like this community isn't going away. It's just growing and growing silently. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I guess why did you choose to go that route? and not a different route with with your material. Why did you choose a Substack? Uh, why did you choose to write, you know? Yeah, uh, this is a really co- interesting question. I don't have the answer actually, because I <laughs> I never thought I was good at writing or even, you know, like I- Apparently least... you are. <laughs> Thanks man, I appreciate it. But I at least think that I, that I am good at uh, at like talking in public. You know, so so for me, it was basically thinking, okay, this uh, Bitcoin has been so good for me. And w- everything changed for me with Michael Saylor in entering the space, right? Like the first company buying Bitcoin. Because all the thought that you hear from people is like, no one is using it. No one is using it. No one is using it. And then it was like, okay, I mean, it's being utilized not only by uh, the project, which I also knew because of the podcast, Bitcoin Beach, which now, now is, uh, is popular. But I mean, from like people day to day to like companies trying to put their, their, their reserves in, into Bitcoin. And so I thought, ah, maybe this is the, the, the beginning of the bull market. I don't know, the price still like moved up and down. And when it was December, I was just thinking like, okay, I, I want to do something that is not there. Something that I can basically like help myself build conviction to me and my, my family, because also part of my family are, are sad stackers now. And, and I thought there's a lot of news going on and I wish I can always have them like more like quick to grasp in my, in my mind. I think I forget things super fast. So this was, uh, my idea was, okay, I'll, I'll make a summary or something. I asked around. So around that time, like November, December, I started to, I don't know how I ended up in Taco Carnivore Telegram, where, I, yeah, I, I don't know how I ended up there. I ended up uh, meeting more, more uh, like Bitcoiners, at least I knew about them. They don't know about me, but I, at least I had them uh, in my mind. And I thought, I don't see anything that uh, they, uh, every week I can just have like a little piece of paper and read what happened during the week. Because sometimes, I mean, I think, so this is what the Ragged Hall Recap do or your YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it takes some some couple of minutes, right? And sometimes the way I am is I get like, a, I don't know, a post and I first scroll. If it's too long, then I have to evaluate if I have the time or not, because I don't want to leave it uh, half halfway there. So I thought, okay, there's nothing that, I, that just gives me like all the highlights of all the news of this week. I can just do that every week. It doesn't take that much time. I can just uh, send the news to myself. And then at the end of the day, just, just share them. 
and then little by little I thought maybe I can write my own opinion right I mean I don't know if people will like it or not it doesn't really matter because I just had like a group of 10 friends um, in, a, in a WhatsApp group right and that's who I shared them with and and I think I have to 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 be thankful to to now I call him a friend, uh, Claudio in Twitter. He he was the one who who shared my my newsletter, and I think he was the one who got me in, in the taco plebs as well. I don't know now, but uh, so that gave me visibility because I had like a hundred followers, you know, <laughs> and it was from before Twitter. Uh, sorry, before Bitcoin. <laughs> like, no, nothing about the space and still I don't have many, right? But that's how it kind of, uh, the word spread. And I mean, I don't know, seeing that someone who I didn't know, which was like a name, uh, liked it and subscribed and shared it and said he was going to read it, uh, every week. It kind of makes you, makes you get more motivated and say, okay, this is, not only helping me, so it's helping more people. So I'll continue to do it. And that's how I how I started. And now it's been, I think, half a year, which I I always thought like, I don't know if I'll make it, you know? Sometimes you get lazy and you just wanna chill, but then then you find you find the motivation and you go through it. Man, that is absolutely beautiful. And I just want to talk about a point about motivation, right? It's kind of like this fire inside, right? And, and you always have to keep that fire going because that's what it is, right? We, you have to self-motivate and that's exactly what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you're self-motivating yourself every single day. And uh, Claudacio, I, I know him. Uh, I've spoken with him quite a few times. He's a good Bitcoiner. Uh, so it's awesome that he, you know, that he shared your stuff. I, I still remember the first time I ever saw it in the, in the, uh, the taco carnivore Bitcoin pleb group. I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, look at this. I go take a look and I'm like, this is great stuff. I'm like, and it's not like it's, you know, because look, don't get me wrong. There is a lot of great information out there. Okay. Um, but the key is this, everybody only has a certain amount of time and everybody only has yeah. a certain amount of attention span. Okay. So I, I found yours to be like very well-rounded, um, uh, what I call lean. Okay. So that's like short format and to the point. And to me, like that's, that's what you want. You know, you get all these different pieces, you get this nice view right away. And it, it's, it's just, man, it's great. So really, really cool I that you're doing it, that. Man. Really cool that you're it's doing that. Purely Bitcoin and just, uh, just good news. So if there's bad news, I just keep them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, on Simply Bitcoin, we have a hard time. Sometimes we have to talk about the bad news. So yeah, that, that... Because what I think is they are just noise at the end of the day, right? Like, that's how I see, like, ah, some people ask me, like, why, why didn't you talk about this? And I think because it doesn't really matter. Like, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. Like, I just want to build conviction because this is the only thing that matters for me. Like, everything else that is, like... Uh, I don't know, like uh, Elon Musk sold their sold part of his bitcoins, or he tweeted this or tweeted that. It's like uh, it doesn't matter. It matters in the short term. Yeah, the price dumped in the short term, but the end game is the same. So there's no no change in that. You know what? To your point, I I you know something I've been thinking of. Um, I say use the noise to your advantage to stack sats, right? Because yeah. it causes price drops. People people lose conviction. People have weak hands. No problem. You know, you just get to buy some Bitcoin cheaper. And, yeah. but to your point, 
you got to zoom out and look at the long term, right? Like this is, and this is something that I find in, when you have a bull market, bull markets create a lot of noise. And as a result, it becomes very, to some people, it becomes very difficult to figure out, um, you know, what's the noise and what's the signal. And that's kind of what's beautiful about the bear markets. Because in the bear markets, a lot of the shills, a lot of the um, personalities, uh, they, they kind of, they go away, right? They got to go somewhere else to, to rent seek. Uh, so what you end yeah. up having, what you end up having left over are the builders, right? The builders, the believers, the fans, you know, and these people, they stick around and they just watch. And, you know, obviously, as you watch and you listen and you learn, you end up growing in conviction. So, yeah. I, I, you know, for me, I, I welcome the bear markets, even though I know that it's painful to see shitty fiat number go down. But when we realize that fiat numbers are relevant, it doesn't really make a difference, you know? Yeah, at the end of the day, like the perspective changes and and then the, the goal stops. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, you, you measure like uh, your net worth still in dollars, I guess, to, up to some point. But right now for me, it's more like, okay, you have like a, a goal to stack so many Bitcoin, so many sats. And then when it, the price drops, it's like, okay, I still have time. You know, I still have time. And it's like a, it's like a, it's mixed feelings, right? Because you want it to pump, but at the same time you want to keep the price suppressed because you want to stack more. Uh, it's, yeah, it's like a crazy, crazy way of, of seeing it, I guess. It, it's true though, because anytime you see the price go, like you know, anytime you see the price pump, right? Like, let's face it, when we saw it go break through twenty k, go to thirty, go to forty, fifty, like all you, when you see that, you're like. This is amazing, but at the same time, you're like, I have, I, I ran out of time. Now I'm just yeah. getting so much less. I'm running out of time. Like this is, this is literally what it does. So yeah, a hundred percent, man. It's such a, you know, it's such an emotional roller coaster. And and I just, you know, to your point, you know, going back, yeah, I want to go back to the the shitcoining thing because one of the things that happened to me is that I I personally like. I would go to sleep at night and I was nervous. So I would constantly watch the charts all day long of all of my shit coins. Okay. And I would constantly read through all the Twitter feeds and I'd go to sleep and I was nervous. That yeah. went, that I, I, I shit you not that went away when I got rid of all of them and I just stuck with Bitcoin. And I kid you not, even when I would see the, even when I see the price drop in Bitcoin, I'm still able to sleep perfectly fine at night because it's all Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, you know, like yeah, it's I not mean, like I'm just gonna have less Bitcoin. So yeah, no, I, I yeah, it's a, uh, it's also like a really crazy game with the leverage. It's uh, it's not a good thing because it's the same, it's the same feeling as as having shitcoin because then you you don't know if it's gonna go up and down, but now you have extra thing at stake that you have to pay back. So at the end of the day, it's just like good to to like. How they say, yeah, stay, stay humble and just stack that. Yeah, man, that's the way, and that's like the the most peaceful way to be able to sleep at night, like you say. Yep, it it really yeah. is. But I have a question now for yeah, you. Absolutely. How, how do how do you orange peel someone like someone oh not God. in Twitter, like in your in your life, like day to day? Bitcoin comes into the conversation. What are your main arguments that you talk about? Okay. Do you kind of like uh, change it depending on 
where do you meet the person? What do you see like they believe in or what's your approach? Yeah, that's it. You hit the nail on the head. So I, you know, what I stick to, it really depends on the person themselves, right? Because if we're talking about friends and family, usually you know about them a little bit more, right? But let's say yeah. it's somebody I don't know, okay? If it's somebody I don't know I um, and we're discussing it and they bring it up or something like that, I will usually stick to um, the time value proposition, right? I try to, as quickly as possible, explain at this point, everybody knows that the money is printed, okay? Everybody yeah. knows that the money is printed. Some people, for some reason, still think it's backed by gold, but that's very easy to get rid of that. So I stick to the points of the money is being printed infinitely, okay? And you need to abs you need to store your value. And then what I do is, is that I talk to them about their time. Because, see, the thing is, is that people, right, they... Um, they don't realize the relationship between the time and the money that they make. So when you bring it into perspective and explain to them that you're storing your time in the best possible in the best possible method for you and your family, it, it kind of hits home, right? Because somebody that, you know, somebody goes to work every day, they recognize that they work every day and that they give this time that they're never going to get back for this money. Yeah that they can't control the value of, that they can't control how it's printed, right? They're, it's like they have no control over this. So they need something that they can control, something that they can secure, something that they can fall back on. So I think that once you bring in that time value scarcity, I think it does help. But again, it depends it really depends on the person because there are some people, and again, this is not, I'm not judging when I say this, but there are some people that are very, they're just shallow, right? And for them, all they see in anything is NGU. It doesn't matter whether they're looking at stocks, they're looking at, at housing, they're looking, everything is just NGU and it doesn't matter that the money is printed ad nauseum. So those people, um, I, I go with the NGU proposition. Because yeah. because NGU is going to orange pill you, but then you're going to learn about freedom whether you want to or not. Yeah, exactly. At the end, I think this is what it's about for me. Like what, it's about freedom. What about you? How do you how, how do you do it? So yeah, I normally it's been changing, right? But <laughs> nowadays, I mean, I live in the Nordic countries, so. Everyone here trusts their government. It's super hard to have that, that battle of uh, of money being printed and uh, because it's like yeah, but I mean everything is fine here, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> it's, everything is fine here, right? Right now, but now what I, I what I try to do is like focus on the humanitarian side of it, and then just putting these examples like you see what's happening in Lebanon, you see what's happening in. Argentina in uh, all of these places where where it has recently the currency just devalued and then the papers from from Alex Gladstein all all of this from Africa um, it's I think it's a really good approach by convincing people that hey I mean this is the way you can help as well like you're helping your your own future while you are helping everyone else there to give them, 
like if you if you start buying Bitcoin at the end of the day, I mean, as it grows up in value, you're benefiting yourself while the the network becomes more stable. Mm-hmm. And now they have an opportunity to have a monetary inclusion. Now they have the opportunity to have like freedom in in their lives to transact with whoever they want. It's uh, I think, I think at least this this kind of uh, thinking makes makes them uh, not frown upon it, yeah, not see it as a bad thing. Because many of them is uh, I, I don't know here many of them here I think in or at least in my experience where I have moved around here in the Nordic countries, it's uh, no anti-capitalism, anti-capitalism, and it's a battle that you cannot win. Like mm-hmm. you cannot win saying why well, capitalism is better than communism or whatever, because at the end of the day, in when it involves humans, like either or, will have something to judge. But right now, is what we are experiencing, and right now is what we are judging. And people forget that uh, if we live in a communistic uh, society, things tend to go worse, right? So I avoid that battle completely. I yeah. try to not even talk about it and then just uh, talk about about authoritarianism and how Bitcoin can save people. I think that's a good approach. But so far, so far lately, like now I'm feeling like the the, the motivation again, again to, to bring people in. But after it went over 50K, I was like, OK, I don't want to be the one to blame when they get like a overexcited like okay it's going super fast up let me buy a lot and then it drops back down if it i didn't know if it, it was gonna go back, back below 50 right but then it drops and then they sell at a loss because they got scared so mm-hmm. that's what i didn't want to to avoid and having i don't i don't want to leave rent free in their minds you know <laughs> like it's better just like uh tell them to to stack in when the price is not at all that high i think yeah. Yeah. It's so that that's an interesting point, right? Because of course, when the price gets higher, that's usually when people start to come and ask you about it, Yeah. you know? And I had a bunch of people from work come and ask me about it once we went over 50 K and I said to them, I said, listen, I go, the best thing you can do is start educating yourself, start buying a little bit. Okay. The price is volatile. This is what happens to an asset that is growing into itself. So you're going to have an opportunity to buy now. You're going to have an opportunity to buy in six months. You're going to have another opportunity in eight months. I mean, this is a, it, it's a long-term game. Um, but one thing I also wanted to add that I was thinking of as you were explaining about, you know, the difference, you know, between communism, capitalism, and, you know, how difficult it is, you know, uh, with these kind of uh, discussions between individuals. And I'm thinking this, we as, you know, we as a society were uh, Trojan horsed into slave money. Okay, we've been Trojan horsed into into crappy money. Yeah, but I'm sorry about my dogs here. Um, but no, uh, nice. but I'm I'm thinking we can Trojan we can be Trojan horsed then into freedom money as well, right? And that's exactly and I think that that is exactly what's happening. You know, in El Salvador, for example, they are being being currently trained horsed to with good money. Exactly, and and there's something else, right? Um, in Western in in Western culture. Um, at least something that I found very difficult. Nobody, very few people give a shit about censorship resistance. Okay. Like that's an angle that when I explain that, I I just get the glossy eyed look, you know? 
Yeah. That that's all I get. Just yeah. the they're they're like censor like people just are like censorship resistance. Like it's like for them it's just like I go to the stores, I spend my money, I use credit card. Like nobody even it doesn't yeah. it doesn't occur to them. Only somebody that is from a country that has actually experienced that type of situation will sit there and go, wait a second, they can't stop me. I need this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, this is the same thing that I that I've noticed here. Uh, people who are not from Europe or people who are from yeah, basically, people who are not from Europe, they get the point. Because if you're from Europe, then uh, they basically have the same currency, right? And it's, there's no there's no friction. But, uh, I mean, I can send money back to Mexico. Oh, now I say from where I am. I'm from Mexico, by the way. So I can send money back to Mexico. But it's not, it's not possible to send from Mexico here without going f- through, like, high fees. Like mm-hmm. it's, um, that's, that's like, I don't know, that's an easy way to understand why this is good. And yeah, I mean, this, uh, this what's happening right now with strike and avoiding all this friction, like to have like the, the current financial system joining this, uh, this open monetary network. I think this, this is, uh, incredible right now because I mean, yeah, one thing is stacking for you and for your future self. But another thing is when you want to send money to someone else in a, in a different country. And I mean, if you want to say, send them some, some sats for them to stack, yeah, it's a different story. But if you want to send some money for them to use, they need that integration. So that's what Strike does right now, which I think is fabulous. I, I hope it, it, uh, they launch here in Europe. It will be nice. Oh, I think they will. It's going to be difficult. There's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of challenges, but I think they will. Look, if there's anything we've learned about the internet, right? Um, it just it it couldn't be stopped. And you know, people want to communicate. People want to transact value. People want these things. You know. So, I I personally I don't I don't see how. To me, Bitcoin can't be stopped anymore. You know. So yeah, we're at that I stage. Agree. What, what do you think about this, um, about the, the mining, uh, the drop in hash rate? I, that's so funny that you asked that. I was going to ask you that. <laughs> okay. So personally, I've been, I've been talking about this with Nico a lot, right? Because we do simply Bitcoin. So it's, yeah. you know what? Like I actually, okay. The actual drop itself is like, obviously, um, you know, the action itself is not good, but what happened, I think, is amazing because we just, you know, we just proved that a nation state actor can shut off their miners. You know, we lost 50% of the hash rate and Bitcoin just kept on going. And the only thing that people did was try to is start to figure out where they can move their miners to power them back on as soon as possible. So yeah, like, I mean, that's talk about like, think about that, right? There's no central body. There's no governance. There's just a bunch of people following their incentives. I I think don't yeah. get me wrong, but I I think that the current power structures are fucked. Like they don't even realize it, man. These, these people like these the, the the current power structure is like sitting in a they're like sitting in their own grave and they just don't know it. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I mean <laughs> this is a uh, no. You just left me thinking because I thought I thought. 
that it was a good thing that it stops being centralized, quote unquote, right, mm -hmm. in China, which is like the fear that everyone has, like, no, but they have 70% and they always invent a new number, right? 70, 80% of like the mining power is in China, which we know is not true. Um, but yeah, so they always kind of uh, try to make the point that they have more than 50%. Well, that's gone now. And there's no fucking 50% in one country. Now it's, oh. it gets dispersed. But then it got, it got me thinking, right? Just like thinking about uh, hypothetical things. So what will happen? Like, because when they stop the, the, the machines, then the difficulty is kind of like hard for the amount of miners that are computing uh, at, at the current moment to mine the next block. So that's why it slows down when they find like the new block. And then it adjusts and it drops in difficulty, which is what just happened right now. And that in theory should make it uh, for the current miners who were in, in the game uh, to be able to get the blocks in 10 minutes again, mm -hmm. right? So what would happen if all of the miners that were shut down just turn back on? Being in China, this is something that I, that I ask myself and I don't know the answer. And, and I was just thinking like, would that be bad? Would they just make a lot more because maybe they, they uh, the blocks will be mined in less than 10 minutes. I, I, this, this beats me. I don't know. The difficult, uh, the difficulty is going to readjust again. But in two weeks, right? That's right. That's right. Huh. But nothing happens. So, nothing, nothing really changes. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, a, it's a beautiful system then. It is. It's, it's a conclusion. Yeah. Exactly. It's a system. It, it is so, you know, if we think about how many people are transacting on the Bitcoin network and what the Bitcoin network is doing, the fact that it can self-heal itself. I mean, don't get me wrong, but trust me, man, like Bitcoin pisses a lot of people off because it's making so many people obsolete. Okay, it's making all these people with the ridiculous economists, all of their stupid narratives, all of these jobs. It's like, poof, now you have to go and actually provide value. Right. You know, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah. it's you know what? I, as Bitcoin grows, we're going to see more of these things happen. So th this is just it, it's like for me, it's just we're just watching the most incredible show. Yeah. You know, like I that's really how like I feel. Yeah, the, the cool thing for me, I mean, I mean, this is like kind of, ir of irrelevant, but it's just like a lot of things ha have happened. And when, when you're in this space, you hear about like, oh, yeah, the blog wars and all of these events that like, oh, yeah, I was not there. I was not there. But now I was here. You know? <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, this fucking uh, mining readjustment. Uh, I was here and it, everything is fine. Dude. It's great. Man, it, it, it really is. And, and I could say I was there for like the um, I, I was there for, uh, you know, Bcash and stuff like that. And and all I yeah. could like the, you know, the, the fork wars. And all I could say is um, as a noob that came in at that time, um, it was difficult for me. Um, and I had to overcome a lot of very bad information uh, that I got yeah. from many sources. But but man, you know, you know how it goes, right? You're going to look back at this stuff and all it does is harden your conviction. You're like, I I've seen, I've seen the shit and we lived through it. So this is just another bump in the road. Yeah. Amazing. 
it's uh, such a good time Dude, in your life is. right now. It is a great time, man. It is. Look, this has been an amazing chat, man. It's been really cool to have you on. Um, I, we're going to wrap it up. But before we do, um, I just want to know, do you have any final thoughts for the listeners? No, just uh, keep 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 stacking. This is a... I, I think I heard this... I don't know if it was uh, Matt Odell, but I really like it. Like Bitcoin is, is uh, not like a 10K. It's a marathon. Exactly, right? Bitcoin yeah. is a marathon. And just so everybody knows, a link uh, to Bam's Substack is going to be in the show notes uh, along with his Twitter handle so you could follow him. Uh, dude, thank you again for joining me, man. This was really cool. No, thank you for inviting me. Awesome. We'll talk again soon. I hope everybody enjoyed that chat. The link to Bam's Substack will be in the show notes along with his contact details for Twitter. And of course, if you want to reach me on Twitter or Telegram, I'm at CoinIcarus. If you want to shoot me an email, I am CoinIcarus at funwithbitcoin.com. Thank you all for listening. Catch you all next time.